Welcome to another installment of The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile, a series of stories told to me, Tashma Funi, by Brother Cadfile, a gnome monk who has retired to the Tian Monastery, about his amazing adventures with Gadget, a gnomish engineer who has a knack for getting involved in some real mysteries around Azeroth. Hello, Brother Cadfile? Are, are you home? Well, well. Tashmafuni, I'm, I'm so glad you came by today. I've just laid out my afternoon repast. Could I perhaps interest you in some honey mint tea and some lovely candied amberjack cake that someone brought back from Oribos? Well, yes, please. That sounds delicious. I, You know, I really came by to find out whether you ever met with your friend Gadget at the Dark Moon Fair. You know, I read her letter on the air, and our listeners are dying to know what mystery she was investigating. Oh, my goodness, are are they really? Yes, they really are, and <laughs> believe it or not, you and Gadget have a fan club. Well, do we indeed. Well, we mustn't disappoint then. Please have a seat, and I'll tell you of our latest adventure that I'm calling family ties. Shortly after you delivered Gadget's letter to me, I dispatched a message to her, telling her I was on my way, and then, by portal and griffin flight, made my way to the Dark Moon Island by way of Stormwind and Goldshire. Hurrying down the long hill road from the entrance down to the fair proper, I could hear the cacophony of the fair, the crack and the boom of fireworks, the shrill hawking of the carnies calling out their amusements, the rattle and shrieks of delight from the roller coaster, and underneath it all, the muffled beat of music coming from the Torrent chieftains. As I passed the main archway, I was all but overwhelmed by the smells, the tantalizing aromas of fried and baked fair goods, sawdust, hay, and the uh, tang of unwashed personages from every race in Azeroth. I walked down the midway, keeping a sharp eye out for Gadget, and I was almost to the docks at the south end of the fair when a familiar-looking spot of bright pink jumped out from the muted greens and purples of the tents. I eagerly increased my pace towards it and quickly confirmed that the familiar head of lovely pink hair and the delicate profile was none other than my dear friend Gadget, who at the moment was engaged in a conversation with a tall, blonde-haired human woman holding an immense pair of warhammers. Hello, Gadget. I, I came as soon as I could, I said, as I hurried up, slightly out of breath. Cadfile, my dear fellow, she said in a friendly tone, clapping me on my shoulder and pulling me into the sphere of the conversation. But I could see by the arch of her eyebrows and the impatient glint in her eyes the unspoken question where have you been? She continued. Carrie Hicks, this is my associate, Brother Cadfile. Cadfile, may I introduce Carrie Hicks, the strongest woman alive? Now, as I was saying, Miss Hicks, what can you tell me about a pair of brothers, Eric and Cedric Fallbrook? At the mention of these names, an almost imperceptible start of alarm passed across the woman's face and the lithe sinew and muscles of her arms twitched slightly as her grip tightened on her warhammers. 
I noticed that Gadget's eyes narrowed slightly, taking in the woman's response. The moment passed and the woman's face became impassive. In a smooth and honeyed voice, she said, It was a sad event from years ago, and I've nothing to say about it. If you don't want a demonstration of my strength, could you please move along? There are paying customers here. She dismissed us by raising her eyes to scan the crowds behind us. Despite the polite tone, the veiled threat in her words was unmistakable. Thank you for your time, Miss Hicks, Gadget said with a tight smile, and then turned on her heel and strode off across the midway. As I hurried alongside, I could hear Gadget mutter, Threaten me indeed. Gadget, I whispered as we crossed the midway. Why are we here? Who are these Fallbrook brothers, and what would the strongest woman alive know about them? Who were the Fallbrook brothers, Gadget corrected me, as she bought us both mugs of cheap beer from a blood elf drink vendor and led me to the rough-hewn tables and benches nearby. Gadget sat down with a sigh and took a long pull from her mug, wiping the foam from her perfect Cupid's bow mouth with the back of her hand. Let us begin from the beginning, Cadfile, she said, taking another draft. Not long ago, I was visiting a dwarven friend of mine in Airy Peak, and as we passed a pleasant evening in the inn in the Wildhammer Keep, I noticed a couple of human males at the other end of the single long table of the inn, who were giving me very unfriendly looks and grumbling about filthy gnomes not to be trusted. I took in a sharp breath as Gadget said this. Of course, we both knew of the prejudice gnomes suffer all throughout Azeroth, and personally, I preferred to avoid confronting it. But I knew Gadget tended to react poorly to this kind of thing. Gadget, I asked, you didn't do anything rash, did you? I scanned her face and body looking for signs of wounds, which, as a healer, I had great experience on tending for Gadget. Gadget just laughed and said, Not this time, my dear Cadfile. Although my dwarven friend did see me give them a sharp glance, and she put a beefy hand on my arm, shaking her head in silent warning. Ignoring her, I called out in a friendly voice, Hello, friends. Can this filthy, untrustworthy gnome buy you both a drink? They both looked surprised and cautiously eyed both my boomstick and the dark look on my powerful dwarven warrior friend's face. They both gave grudging nods, and I got up from the table, bought them both a couple of large cherry grogs, and carried them to them, taking a seat next to them. Now, fellows, my name is Gadget. In exchange for the drink, why don't you tell me what would give you such a poor opinion of gnomes? I can assure you, most of us are trustworthy, and I myself tend towards fastidiousness. At this, I gave a bit of a derisive snort. Cadfile, I resent your implication, Gadget said in an offended tone, but I could see the twinkle of humor in her lovely eyes. I'm implying nothing, I said, archly eyeing the filthy hem of her robes and tattered and stained sleeves. Please, go on with your story, I told her. She laughed and patted my cheek. <sighs> Dear Cadfile, you know me too well, she said with that dazzling smile that never failed to make my heart race. She either ignored or failed to mark the faint blush on my face and went on with her story. It turned out that both of these men had once worked at the Fallbrook Estate, a successful winery in South Shore in the Hillsbrad foothills. The estate was owned by one Terence Fallbrook, who had two sons, Eric and Cedric. 
Both these boys had the arrogance and bad attitudes of children of privilege, and this came out in a rather ugly heckling confrontation during one of Carrie Hicks's performances at the Dark Moon Fair. Carrie ended up humiliating the boys during the confrontation, and when it took a violent turn, Silas Darkmoon, the proprietor of the fair and one of the most famous gnomes in all of Azeroth, who has a strict rule against violence at the fair, stepped in to break up the fight. Eric turned on Silas, knocked him to the ground, and viciously beat him. My stomach turned at the vision of a large human male pummeling a gnome. But Gadget, these nasty human boys seem to have been in the wrong here. Why would these two men end up resenting gnomes so badly just because Silas Darkmoon broke up a fight? That's what we're here to find out, Cadfile, Gadget said, finishing her beer and gesturing for me to do the same. I drained my mug of the bitter brew and had to hurry to catch up to her as she went back to the Blood Elf from whom she had bought our beer. By the time I caught up, she was already engaged in conversation. Good afternoon, Gadget said to the Blood Elf female. Do I have the pleasure of addressing Solania? Who is asking and why, the Blood Elf answered suspiciously. Ah, well, my name is Gadget, and this is my associate, Cadfile. We're here on the behalf of the um, Gnomish Anti-Punting and Defamation League. We're looking into an incident that occurred here a number of years ago that is contributed to some nasty sentiments towards members of our race. We were hoping you could help us get to the bottom of it. I've never heard of you or your society, and I can't help you. Move along, I have customers to attend to. And the Blood Elf female turned her back, filling mugs from a burbling cauldron behind her. Gadget pressed on. It really will only take a moment. Do you recall anything regarding a pair of brothers, Eric and Cedric Fallbrook? At this, Solania's shoulders hunched, and she exchanged glances with the male blood elf working at the booth with her. She nodded to the tables we had just been at. Meet me there in five minutes. That was an awful night, and Carrie was so angry. Solania was telling us later when we were all at the table, each with another mug of bitter, cheap beer. When Eric was later found dead, his skull crushed, all the evidence pointed to Carrie, who had drank herself into a stupor over her anger at Silas from preventing her from taking revenge. You see, everyone here at the Dark Moon Fair, we're, we're more than just co-workers. We're family. A tightly knit collection of misfits and outcasts from every race and walk of society who have made a home and created a family of our own, and we protect our own. Carrie was devastated and furious, but she had no alibi, little recollection of what happened after she passed out from the drink. So, on the word of Cedric, the surviving brother, she was arrested, charged, and even convicted of the murder. She would have hanged for it, too, if Silas hadn't intervened. Between him, Professor Paleo, and Sage, they proved it hadn't been Carrie. So, we broke her out of prison and proved her innocence. And that's all I'm going to say. If you want to know more, talk to someone else. With that, she rose and left us. Well, Cadfile, Gadget said, we're uncovering quite a story here. Shall we see what Professor Paleo and Sage have to say?
A number of inquiries and conversations later, we had most of the story. As a result of some clever investigations by Sage, a rather churlish gnome fortune teller and clairvoyant at the fair, and Professor Thaddeus Paleo, a dealer in exotic goods, it was proven that the killer, in fact, had been Cedric, who wanted the entirety of his father's estate for himself. He had used the confrontation with Carrie as a diversion from his plan to kill his own brother, crushing his skull in one of the family wine presses, making it look like his brother had been crushed by Carrie's powerful hands. But Cedric was never charged, and after that he disappeared. It was a horrifying and grisly tale, to say the least. But I was still confused as to why the two human males somehow resented Silas Darkmoon, and gnomes in general, over this sad tale, and again queried Gadget on this point as we walked along the midway. For that answer, dear Cadfile, we'll need to talk to Silas Darkmoon himself, who, as good fortune would have it, is a distant cousin of mine. And, even more good fortune, here's Silas himself. And with that, Gadget briskly strode towards a fellow gnome who was clad in a green shirt and breeches, a large jaunty hat perched on his head, followed closely and protectively by a very large ogre. Cousin Silas, she said cheerily as she approached him. He looked up from some papers he had been reading, and a large grin broke out on his smooth-shaven face. Cousin Gadget, how wonderful to see you. What brings you to the fair? I haven't seen you in ages. Not here to stir up trouble, are you? They shook hands heartily, and Gadget introduced me. Silas, I need some help with a bit of a mystery. Do you have some time to help out a family member? Silas readily agreed to this and led us to a private caravan parked near a roaring bonfire surrounded by carnies. We went inside and the ogre, who went by the name of Dearth, waited outside. So, Gadget, how can I help you? Silas said once we had made ourselves comfortable in some very nice gnome-sized furniture, enjoying some fine ale that Silas had ordered one of the carnies to bring for us. Gadget related what she had discovered so far, and as she told the tale, Silas's face changed from its initial open friendliness to a dark and guarded glower. Silas, she said, somehow this is connected to some deep-seated resentment in the region against gnomes. I'd like to know why. Silas shifted uncomfortably in his seat and shook his head. He sighed sadly. Gadget, you should have never started to look into this. And even if you had, none of my people should have talked to you. I'll be having a conversation with each of them about this. But you should have come to me in the first place. I wouldn't do this for anyone but family, Gadget. And anyway, I know you won't rest till you get the whole story. So, you know the story up to the point that we broke Carrie out of prison and proved to Marshal Redpath that the real killer was in fact Cedric, with the help of an eyewitness, Peter Hamelspot, who had witnessed him murder his brother. But Cedric's father, Terence, was a powerful and influential man in the area, so the marshal let Cedric go home with his father, pending further investigation. Silas's voice went dark with anger at this phrase. We knew that it wasn't likely justice would be served on Cedric, who was a terrible creature. And, as a matter of fact, his father, 
unwilling to see his only surviving son hang, paid him a large sum of gold and told him to leave, to disappear. And in the end, that's what he did. Carrie, myself, Dirth, Professor Paleo, and Sage made sure Cedric disappeared. A long silence followed, broken only by the muffled sounds of the fair through the walls of the cavern. Gadget cleared her throat. Silas, cousin, are you telling me you killed Cedric Fallbrook? Silas looked at her from below the brim of his hat, a grim smile on his face. No, but we did make sure he was with his brother. Forever. But, I interrupted, his brother was buried. You, you must have killed him. Cadfile, please, Gadget said in a hoarse whisper, clearly shaken by the revelation that her cousin had been involved in a heinous crime. Silas looked at me meaningfully. Brother Cadfile, I can say with complete honesty that Cedric Fallbrook was alive and well and with his brother as we nailed the coffin shut. As a matter of fact, we could still hear him screaming as we shoveled dirt into the grave and walked away. Wow, Brother Cadfile, that that may be the most chilling mystery you've ever shared with us. But what did Gadget do? Did, did she report Silas? No, and I don't believe she ever will. She was silent throughout the trip back to my home here at the monastery, and as a matter of fact, she was sitting right where you are, young Pandaren, her eyes deeply shadowed in the glow of the brazier as we supped on some soup, bread, and tea. I started to ask her what she intended to do with this revelation about her cousin's involvement in this crime, but she stopped me with a raised hand and said, Cadfile, I care for you and appreciate your concern, but blood is thicker than water. Thank you for listening to another installment of The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile, sponsored by Krog's Fine Female Leathers, Orgrimmar's finest purveyors of custom-fitted leather armor for the well-equipped female adventurer. Krog's Leathers, fit, form, function, and fashion. The Chronicles of Gadget and Cadfile is a work of fan fiction based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used herein are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Halfell Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Report, or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com.